welcome to the podcast series for the journal Neurophysiology. I'm Bill Yates, the Editor-in-Chief of the journal, and today we're talking with the authors of a recently accepted paper entitled Increased Neuromuscular Consistency and Gait and Balance After Partnered Dance-Based Rehabilitation in Parkinson's Disease. This paper was included in April's APS Select, a collection of the very best original research papers published by the American Physiological Society. Before we begin, let's meet our guests. Hi, I'm Jessica Allen. I'm a new assistant professor in biomedical engineering at West Virginia University, although this work was done while I was a postdoctoral fellow at Emory University. My research is focused on identifying principles underlying the interactions between the neural, muscular, and skeletal system that can be used to inform interventional decisions in rehabilitation and device design. Hi, I'm Madeline Hackney from the Department of Medicine of the Emory School of Medicine and the Center for Visual and Neurocognitive Rehabilitation of the Atlanta VA. I design and analyze exercise and dance-based rehabilitative programs that address motor, cognitive, and psychosocial function in older adults and those with Parkinson's disease. Hello, my name is Lena Ting, and I'm a professor in the Coulter Department of Biomedical Engineering at Georgia Tech and Emory. I'm also in the Department of Rehabilitation Medicine in the Division of Physical Therapy at Emory University. Research in my lab focuses on the neuromechanics of movement. Hello, my name is Andrew Soros. I'm an assistant professor in the Department of Kinesiology, University of Illinois at Chicago. The research in our group focuses on identifying which individuals are at risk for fall and what are the underlying causes or mechanisms that drive their fall risk such that we can develop or select appropriate interventions to mitigate fall risk. Your article provides insights into therapy to improve gait and balance in patients with Parkinson's disease. To start, can you tell us how gait and balance differ in Parkinson's patients than in healthy subjects at the same age? Sure. So people with Parkinson's disease have similar deficits to those that we've noticed in older adults, but the impairments are typically more pronounced. These include decreased stride length and velocity of gait, as well as increased cadence and double support time, among others. All the spatiotemporal parameters of gait also show increased variability. This results in challenges with turning, backward walking, and dual tasking. Adaptatango was designed and developed to address these particular impairments. Please tell us about the Adapted Tango treatment. Adapted Tango is a modified form of the partner dance Argentine Tango. Adapted Tango allows people with Parkinson's disease to engage in and benefit from the dance. I specifically designed Adapted Tango to also target their balance, gait, and mobility impairments. In several previous studies over the last 10 years, we demonstrated the benefits of Adapted Tango for motor, cognitive, and psychosocial function in comparison to traditional exercise, other ballroom dances, and dancing without a partner. Almost 200 people with PD have participated in studies. Adapted Tango has also been effective for older adults with visual impairment and our oldest adults aged 80 to 95. Attrition has been very low for Adapted Tango programs at about 14%, and routinely participants state that they enjoyed classes and would like to continue. Our current study shows even a high volume, moderate intensity Adapted Tango was acceptable for participants and effective at addressing motor issues. Your article makes use of a motor module analysis. Please tell us about the experimental strategy to evaluate motor performance in the patients. Our lab has spent a lot of years understanding what we call motor modules for movement. And these are like building blocks that form a repertoire for movement. And they define a set of muscles that are coordinated to produce a particular function. 
In this study, we're looking at people with Parkinson's disease before and after uh, adapted tango to look at what changes in those modules. So previous studies have primarily focused on looking at the number of motor modules recruited during behavior, or in other words, the size of their motor repertoire. And generally, a reduction in this motor repertoire is associated with reduced performance, for example, walking at slower speed, which has been found previously in stroke. However, impairments in motor performance are not completely explained by the number of motor modules that an individual recruits. So in this study, we decided to also look at the variability and distinctness of the motor modules. If you think about it, not only do you need to recruit the appropriate motor modules, but you also need to consistently recruit them. We also looked at how the motor modules are recruited across both gait and balance, which are two very different behaviors. Looking across these two very different behaviors has never been done before in motor impaired populations. Although we do know that in young, healthy subjects, that the same motor modules are recruited across these two different behaviors. And we aren't really sure what happens in Parkinson's disease. So that was another thing that we looked at here. Tell us about your main findings and their main scientific contribution to the field of motor control. So like Madeline's previous studies, our participants improved in their clinical measures of gait and balance. When we looked at their motor modules, what we found was that these motor modules that were recruited after rehabilitation were more distinct in their structure and more consistently recruited across repeated movements in both gait and balance. And so we take this to mean that after adapted tango, the motor modules used to control both gait and balance are more consistently producing the biomechanical output that's necessary for movement. Even more importantly, we were surprised to find that the motor modules recruited for gait and balance were very different in Parkinson's disease prior to adapted tango. Afterwards, these motor modules became more similar, suggesting that the control of gait and balance was moving in a direction that was more similar to what we see in healthy young adults. Another scientific contribution of this work is that it demonstrates the parallels between the rehabilitation process and the acquisition of motor expertise. Specifically, the results here parallel our previous findings. We found that like individuals with Parkinson's disease who are participating in rehabilitation, professional ballet dancers with superior balance performance recruited motor modules with greater consistency than novices and generalized the function of those motor modules to different walking and balance behaviors more so than novices. How might your findings change rehabilitation strategies for patients with Parkinson's disease? So these findings are really exciting because they provide evidence of neurophysiological changes after three weeks of a high-volume adapted tango training, which is multimodal, cognitively engaging, and enjoyable. Previously, we have been able to demonstrate changes in behavior only, but this study tells us about the specific nature of these changes. This work is exciting because we don't know very much about the mechanisms of gait and balance, and that is a major barrier to developing individualized targeted treatments. And there are many different ways that our gait and balance can be impaired. By understanding the mechanisms of rehabilitation, it could potentially allow clinicians to better target or prescribe therapies to suit the particular deficits of an individual. We can look at the effects of different rehabilitative strategies, of drugs, of uh, surgical techniques such as deep brain stimulation, and look at whether they are equivalent in nature or whether some combination of those treatments can be used to optimize the performance of an individual and ultimately allowing them to live independently um, with a better quality of life. Work like this can therefore potentially help us understand the interactions between drugs like levodopa, 
surgeries, including deep brain stimulation and rehabilitative methods. Ultimately, these efforts will impact providers' choices and lead to improved healthcare in Parkinson's disease, which is dearly needed. What are the next steps in your work? So currently, we're finishing up the analysis of a much larger trial of individuals with Parkinson's going through adapted tango. This trial was a pilot study in which we were testing these methodologies. Through this larger trial, we hope to look at associations of these motor modules to a a wide variety of clinical and performance metrics, including cognitive metrics. And we are very much looking at ways to test the idea that the increased generalizability of the motor modules suggests that people are using more automatic versus cognitive measures to control their gait. This is particularly important in Parkinson's as well as in older adults who may use more attentional mechanisms for gait and balance rather than automatic mechanisms. Furthermore, the motor module techniques are also being uh, applied by both Jessica and Andrew in other motor impaired populations such as stroke in older adults and in amputees. Ultimately, we want this work to lead to maintained independence throughout a lifetime. I'd like to thank our guests for participating in today's discussion of the article, Increased Neuromuscular Consistency and Gait and Balance After Partnered Dance-Based Rehabilitation in Parkinson's Disease, part of the podcast series for the Journal of Neurophysiology.